Welcome to the 132nd QuackCast. If you have been listening to these QuackCasts since the beginning, you know there used to be an extended introduction that I no longer do. I now, however, have a new introduction that you will quickly get tired of. And it goes as follows. Please consider going over to the Society for Science-Based Medicine, sfsbm.org, in participating in our organization to support science-based medicine. Now that's not so bad, now is it? This one is the 132nd QuackCast. It's called Acupuncture Whack-A-Mole. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. George Santayana. Most people don't have the willingness to break bad habits. They have a lot of excuses and they continue to produce bad clinical studies. Carlos Santana. Well, not the last four words. One of those is a guitar player. One of them is a philosopher. I get them confused. I think George was in charge of scam research at the NIH. It was Dr. Gorski who first used the term whack-a-mole to describe what we do here at Science-Based Medicine and on the QuackCast. The same badly done studies are done over and over and misrepresented in the same ways over and over, with only very minor variations on a theme. This is especially true of acupuncture, the most extensively studied pseudo-medicine in search of something, anything, for which it might be effective. And they are still searching. I loved going mano a mano, or would it be mano a mano, with my kids when they were younger on the whack-a-mole machine at the Seaside Arcade, which we then followed with root beer and elephant ears. I think that was the last time I beat either of them at any athletic endeavor. I so enjoy whack-a-mole with mechanical rodents or bad acupuncture research. It sometimes appears that pseudo-medicine researchers try to apply as many of the criteria to their research as possible which have been identified as rendering a clinical trial suspect. 1. Small sample size. Check. 2. High dropout rate. Check. 3. Bad statistics. Check. 4. Inadequate blinding. Check. 5. Small effect size. Check. 6. Underlying prejudice or bias in favor of an intervention. Checkeroonie. And seven, totally improbable intervention. Check, check, and check again. Take the British Medical Journal article, Randomized Clinical Trial of Five-Ear Acupuncture Points for the Treatment of Overweight People. Please. It applies to this study where ear acupuncture was used as an adjunct to weight loss and found to be effective. Only, of course, if you lend credence to terribly done clinical trials. Almost every error that could occur in a study did occur in this one. Ear acupuncture has an origin story on par with chiropractic or iridology, i.e. nonsense. Quote, auricular acupuncture therapy is based on the understanding, I don't think it means what they think it means that the external ear represents all parts of the human body, including the internal organs, and provides acupuncture points corresponding to those parts. Auricular acupuncture therapy was discovered by Dr. Paul Nogier based on observations that 
backaches were cured after a patient received a burn on their ear? Seriously. Dr. Nogier pictured an oracle as a fetus that was curled up and upside down. He used his anatomical knowledge, basically nil, to treat diseases by applying pressure to the reaction points that represent the internal organs. In other words, he just pulled this right out of his backside. The mind boggles over the inanities that are pseudo-medicine origins. At least they could try and blame, oh, I don't know, cosmic rays or a radioactive spider. I am DC at heart. Marvel origins are always a bit lamer, I thought. I suppose that will get more discussion than the entry. Being completely disconnected from reality, however, never stops a pseudo-medical study. Patients receive 5-point acupuncture, 1-point acupuncture, or sham acupuncture for 8 weeks. Quote, Treatment 1 subjects received unilateral acupuncture with indwelling needles at 5 acupuncture points, which are generally used in Korean clinical treatments. Treatment 2 subjects received an indwelling needle unilaterally at the hunger acupuncture point, whose specificity has been reported. Treatment groups received acupuncture in one ear on the first visit. One week later, the applied needles were removed and the same treatment was performed on the other ear. The needles used for the treatment groups were tack-like, 2 times 2 millimeter size dong-bang acupuncture needles. The heads of the tack-like needles were fixed on surgical tape so that when the steel points were inserted, the needles remained attached to the skin. The depth of insertion was 2 millimeters. The control group received sham acupuncture at five acupuncture points used in treatment, one group at the first visit. The needles used for the control group were fixed on surgical tape but were removed immediately after insertion, while the surgical tape remained on the acupuncture points. There was a very high dropout rate in this study, and I suspect that the high dropout was due in part because the sham treatment, because they knew they were not getting sham acupuncture. As the study notes, quote, we did not test the blinding of the control group. Participants in this group might have examined the adhesive dressing in their ears and found no needles. Really, you think? And then they just gave up because they're in a culture that believes that acupuncture should be of benefit. A incredibly lousy placebo renders an already silly and poorly done trial completely meaningless, like most acupuncture trials. Given that a single doctor of Korean medicine performed all treatments, it is highly likely that the clever Hans effect was taking place that the patient was picking up on subtle clues that suggested who was and was not getting placebo. Another flaw was, quote, compliance with diet and exercise regimen was recorded by the patients and checked weekly at the clinic, end of quote. Those results are not reported in the study, and the main reason people dropped out was over issues following the dietary restrictions, but we have no idea what the caloric intake and output was in the patients receiving the acupuncture treatment. Seriously, you cannot say a thing about a weight loss trial if you do not know what and how much people were eating in both groups. I mean, that is just beyond goofy. So while those in the treatment groups lost more weight than the sham group, there's no way of knowing that it wasn't just due to diet. 
There are so many flaws in this study, it would be impossible to draw conclusions, like virtually all acupuncture trials. My favorite part of the study, however, was the fifth inclusion criteria of, quote, hygienic individuals, unquote. At least the patients were clean, which was a good thing. I have seen one patient lose an ear from a piercing, and there are multiple infections associated with ear acupuncture. Sometimes they result in losing the ear. Watching the sterile technique demonstration of acupuncture helps me understand why Dr. Oz had a volunteer rather than trying it upon himself. But the real reason this trial is not valid is that Korean acupuncture is not the real acupuncture. Real acupuncture is traditional Chinese acupuncture. No, wait. It's Japanese acupuncture. No, wait. Hand ac Foot ac Tongue? No, yeah, that's it. Tongue acupuncture is the real deal. That's the ticket. Or maybe, no, wait, sorry. It's the microacupuncture point system of Germany. So many acupunctures, so little reality. Compare this to a study with slightly better methodologies. Patient-reported outcomes in women with breast cancer enrolled in a dual-center, double-blind, randomized controlled trial assessing the effect of acupuncture in reducing aromatase inhibitor-induced musculoskeletal symptoms. Whew, that's a mouthful. This study worked hard to blind patients as to treatment. Quote, Although the acupuncturists were not blinded to the assignment, in an effort to minimize the introduction of bias, acupuncturists followed a prepared script when engaging in conversation with the participants. All other individuals involved in the care of the participants were blinded, including the treating oncologists, nurses, and study team members. The participants were also blinded to their treatment assignment. Patients in the sham acupuncture group received non-penetrating retractable needles placed in 14 sham acupuncture points located at the midpoint of the line connecting two real acupoints. Yes, if there's a difference. The endpoints were patient-reported symptoms, so one could predict the outcome before it happens. Any scam compared to a good placebo, i.e. the patient cannot tell that it is a placebo, will always show an equivalent outcome for a subjective endpoint, and always be superior to a no-treatment group. That result was best typified in the New England Journal article comparing various fake treatments for asthma. There will be, however, no effect seen if the endpoint is objective. All pseudomedical interventions are like kissing a skinned knee in a child. It is comforting, but there are no important physiological effects. Same as it ever was, fake and real acupuncture were equivalent in relieving symptoms. So, abandon acupuncture, right? Since it is clear that acupuncture has as much basis in reality as the four humor theory of disease, except, of course, for acupuncture, whose therapy is essentially based on auricular thermal injury. I am a classicist. I have what could be called the standard, perhaps Copenhagen, interpretation of clinical trials. If a therapy is compared to placebo, and they are found to be equivalent, then the therapy does not work, and it should be abandoned. There was a recent article in the New England Journal of Medicine where they evaluated patients with, quote, knee symptoms consistent with degenerative medial meniscus tear and no knee arthritis, end of quote. And they treated those patients with either arthroscopic partial meniscectomy or sham surgery. 
Try saying that three times really fast. There was no difference in outcomes, and they concluded, quote, the results of this randomized, sham-controlled trial show that arthroscopic partial media meniscectomy provided no significant benefit over sham surgery in patients with a degenerative meniscal tear and no knee osteoarthritis. These results argue against the current practice of performing arthroscopic partial meniscectomy in patients with degenerative meniscal tear. Nowhere could I find a review of that article that suggested that since arthroscopic surgery worked, if you only believe. It is an annoying interpretation of scam interventions that since an outcome or equivalent to placebo, you are getting an effect from the power of placebo. An example of this is the Science 2.0 website. Quote, sometimes you just have to believe. Acupuncture has proven to be effective, although it isn't actually being done. When it comes to hot flashes due to breast cancer treatment, even skin pricks used to stimulate acupuncture needle sticks might be enough to generate natural chemicals to improve symptoms, which would explain the results. And everywhere you look on this trial, it shows that you should use acupuncture because sham acupuncture and real acupuncture were equivalent. Acupuncture works. Say what? I'm sure that pharmaceutical companies would love that standard. If a drug is equal to placebo, then use it. You just have to believe. In the immortal words of my role model, B. Bunny, what a maroon. I know, innuendo. Somehow rational thought flies out the door when pseudomedicine comes innuendo. Regular readers of my entries know my take on the preponderance of the literature as to the nature of the placebo effect. It's mostly a myth. Placebo effect is medical beer goggles. They make diseases appear better when they are not. And, as I have mentioned in the past, if scam equals placebo, and placebo equals nothing, then scam equals nothing. Simple logic, huh? Acupuncture is like all pseudo-medicines. It only appears effective in flawed studies. As the methodologies approve to remove bias, the efficacy fades until well-done studies show no effect greater than placebo, a.k.a. no effect. And that ends the 132nd Quackcast. My ending is going to be the same as my beginning. Take an opportunity to visit the Society for Science-Based Medicine, won't you? It will be well worth your time. See you next time. Bye.